You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. We are in our second week of our series, Hello, and it's a conversation about prayer, but not just about prayer, not not just about us learning how to talk to God, but even more so learning how to hear the voice of God. We believe that God still talks to us uh, today. And so here's the theme verse that we have, John chapter 10, verse three through five. says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. And so this morning, we're, 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 we're continuing on this idea of how to hear God's voice. So I'm going to pray one more time, and then we're just going to get started, um, and, and we'll see where we end up. God, we love you so much. I thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to, to come together God, as, as a bunch of people, um, and, and just to really uh, to, to learn more about you, to, to, to try to grow the, our faith, and, and, and for some of us, just to, just to get a little hope that, that we need, that, that you have our backs, God. And so right now, I, I pray that no matter where uh, people are at, God, for those people here who, man, they've been in church a long time, or for those people here who, who this is their first time stepping into church in like years, God, I, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us. God, we love you. We're ready to receive what you want to say. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone say amen, amen. Hey, how many of y'all were raised in a house of yellers? Come on, Wow. Y'all scared me growing up. You, you scared me. I remember going to friends' houses, and uh, their parents would yell at them. You, you know what I'm saying? Jimmy, get over here. You're like, ah. It's like scary, you know? Like, my knees buckled at the sound of the, the voice. Uh, so I, believe it or not, I've never, I was not raised in a yelling house. Um, my mom, she was, uh, she kind of talked to us kids like Dr. Phil, like she wanted to, to, to know, you, you know what I'm saying? She wanted to know our feelings, know our thoughts. Uh, she wanted to just talk in this really calm voice. Why did you do what you did? How did it make you feel? What are the consequences of the choices that you irrationally made? You know, like stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a kid. Uh, my dad, believe it or not, he's not, who is not a yeller either? My dad was one of those, he says it once, and you just, whatever you say, dad, right? Like, and so I, I, was not, I was not raised with a family that, that yelled. Um, I, that's just, it, it wasn't the case. Uh, however, I married a, a wife uh, who, who is very uh, much um, indoctrinated in the culture of yelling, <laughs> yeah, she, she's loud. I love my wife. She's beautiful, but she's loud. And, 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 and so, like, she, like that, that's just how she communi- communicates. It's, it's always like, my gosh, babe, I'm right next to you. Like, come on, let's work this out together. <laughs> you know, like, 
for better or for worse. I'm kidding. Um, and and so so uh, so knowing that I, I I'm not a, a yeller, and knowing that my wife um, needs Jesus, like we <laughs> we uh, we decided that when we had kids, that we we didn't want to raise them in a house uh, that yells. And uh, I just, I want to let you guys know that we have failed <laughs> horribly, horribly. Um, my wife, she rubbed off on me and, um, and uh, I don't like it. I don't like when I do it, but I, it's like, Eli, <laughs> like, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. And so, um, and so that just, it's kind of like what we're doing now, you know, um, but, 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 but we, we got to this place uh, where we're like, baby, we've become those people, you know? And we had like this heartfelt, just, we, we got to change, you know? And, and so we were like, hey, let's just go suburban on our kids now. And, um, and so like we, we tried for a season to just, you know, not yell at our kids, to, uh, to, to just, you know, talk to them calmly. Like, we, we, Eli, I need you. I need you to pay attention to daddy. Eli, Eli, buddy, come, no? Okay, your choice. God bless you, right? Like, it's, and and it's just, and and so we're trying, right? But I, I kid you not, my kids, they're not responding. They're not responding to, 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 to us not yelling, Okay, and so like I got to the point where I was like, hold up, let's, let's figure out what is happening, what is going on. And so I, I called my kids into the room and I said, uh, I got three kids, two of them, they talk, one kid is just, he's just too small to do anything. Um, and so I, I was like, hey, uh, guys, why, why, why don't you respond when, um, when, when we try to ask you to do something, but we don't yell when we're doing it in our in our quiet voice. In our, and uh, they said, um, well, because we don't hear you. <laughs> Come on, right then, I wanted to get hood on it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Come on, where are all my hood parents at? <laughs> don't raise your hand, you'll get CPS or CPA on you. Um, whatever it is. But, but I'm getting somewhere, I promise. Uh, I, I was like, what do you mean you, you don't, you don't hear, hear us. And, and my kids said, uh, we're just so used to you yelling that we think that, that we, it's easy to ignore you when you're talking soft. And I was like, my goodness. That, yeah, someone said honesty. Shh. <laughs> I'm, I got the mic. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and so, so, I, so they were telling me this, and I was like, wow, they have a point. They have a point. I, they're so accustomed to me yelling that they, they, it, they, they don't hear it when I'm quiet, when, I, when I'm speaking soft. And I was thinking about that, and I think that if we really look and dive deep into this, I think that this can sometimes be the case when it comes to God speaking to us. 
Let me explain. I think for a lot of us, we believe and we think that the only time God can speak to us if it's in this loud, audible voice. And we, a lot of us, we believe that if we don't hear God's audible, loud voice, then that means that God is not speaking to us when in fact, nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, this morning, what I want us to really uncover and, and, and to, 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 to dig up is this idea that God does speak to us. However, our ear is not tuned to the manner in which we can hear the voice that he's wanting to speak to us through. See, here's kind of the big idea this morning. God wants to speak to you, but majority of the time, he'll speak to you in the still, small whisper. He'll speak to you in those moments when you're about to do something that you know you shouldn't do. And, and you, you get that little feeling inside, right? Come on. He speaks to us in the small, still voice. There's this great story in the Bible, and this is where we're going to spend majority of our time. First uh, Kings chapter 19. We're just going to go uh, for the first 12 verses in that in that, um, in that chapter, but it's this idea of really showing us how God speaks to us, not just in the audible voice, but in that small whisper and that small, small voice. Uh, this story, it, it takes up in 1 Kings chapter 19. It's about this guy named Elijah, Elijah, and, and uh, he, he has this encounter with God that I think a lot of us can relate to. Um, and so quick backstory of what, what's taking place here. Uh, we're going to be introduced to three, uh, three main characters. The first one is Elijah. Now, Elijah, he, he's the prophet. Back in those days, uh, God would speak to the prophets, and the prophets would speak to God's people. Luckily, we don't have to do that now. Luckily, you can hear God on your own. Two people. And so, uh, so, um, so, so there's, there's Elijah, okay? Then the second person in our character, his name is King Ahab. Now, King Ahab, uh, he was the king of Israel, but here's, here's the, the just, it's unbelievable. I would not like to have this title. The Bible actually says that uh, Ahab, King Ahab, was the most evil uh, king thus far. And that's, like, would you like to have that? <laughs> hey, this is my son. <laughs> he is the most evil child I've ever had. <laughs> right? Like, it's, you just don't want that. And so here's King Ahab. He's just, he's evil. But one of the, the greatest reasons, perhaps, why he was evil because, was because of who he married. How many of y'all know you can marry someone that brings you down? And, uh, and, and so <laughs> don't, don't tap your spouse on the shoulder. And so, uh, so, so King Ahab was married to Jezebel. We just call her Jez, right? Like Jezebel, she was, she, she was like, she was off the hook evil. Like she was, she was beyond evil. Uh, the biggest thing was that uh, she didn't believe in God, but she believed in the gods of Baal. And so she uh, incorporated her gods 
into her marriage, and uh, typically that happens you, in marriage. One person is going to just fall by default to their spouse's belief, and so King Ahab, he just fell to default of his wife, and so uh, they just became evil together. They, 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 were, just, they, they were just doing their thing, um, and... Uh, and so that leads us to the end of chapter 18. I'm trying to give you the cliff notes here. And uh, so ch- uh, the end of chapter 18, uh, the, basically, the, God's people, they're, uh, they're torn, right? They're trying to decide, what God do I want to follow? Do I want to follow the God of Israel or do I want to fo- follow the gods of Baal? And so what uh, Elijah came up with, he said, hey, let's just have a good old-fashioned showdown. And so they met on top of this mountain, and here was what they had to do. They built an altar of wood. They killed the bull. They put the bull on top, and here was kind of the test. Elijah said, you guys can pray to your God, the God Baal, and I'll pray to my God, and whatever... God lights the altar on fire first is going to be like the God that everyone is, is going to, that, that the God that we know is, is the true God, okay? You with me so far? So, so the, uh, Elijah's like, you guys go first. And so um, the prophets of Baal, they, here they are, they, they, they start chanting. They're, they're doing their chants. And, and uh, the Bible actually says, you can read this, it's in chapter 18, that they, they, they started screaming louder because they thought that, uh, that their God couldn't hear them. And then, crazy, they, they started cutting themselves too trying to get the attention. Uh, they're like, hey, come on. Right? Like, I don't know what they said or what they did. But, um, and Elijah's over here standing. He, he, he's a come on, maybe, maybe he can't hear you guys. Come on, louder. He started mocking them. He, he was like, hey, maybe your God's, uh, maybe he's asleep. <laughs> maybe your God's go, going to the restroom right now. Just come on, louder. He can't hear you. Like, this is Elijah, right? And then, it, they, so nothing happened. They couldn't get, then it was Elijah's turn. And Elijah, he was so confident in, in, in God that um, he was like, hey, bring water. And they poured water on, on, the, on the wood, right? And, and there's just water. And he was like, he prayed to God. He's like, God, hey, this is an opportunity for you to show yourself strong. And so please do what only you can do. And the Bible says, you can read this, the Bible says all of a sudden, that that altar just like was engulfed in flames, okay? So everyone was like, oh, surely that's the real God. But here's, and I tell you all this just to get to this point right here, is that um, once that happened, Elijah, he, he took all the prophets of Baal and he had them exterminated, Okay? And so this, I, got, I said all that to get to that point because this is where we kick off in verse 19, in verse one. Here we go. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent the message to Elijah. Remember, this is the first desperate housewife, Jezebel right here. <laughs> she said this, may the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow um, I have not killed you just as you had killed 
them. So, so King Ahab, he goes home to his wife. He's like, baby, you will not believe what just happened. Like Elijah, he just, he just exterminated the entire uh, cluster of the prophets of Baal. And she's like, oh, no, he didn't. She, she, like, she starts getting like upset about it. So much so, she, she said, God is my witness. If I don't kill you, Elijah, by this time tomorrow, may the God of Baal kill me. Like, she's invested in this idea, this concept. Let's keep reading verse 3. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servants there. Then he went on alone in the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. So here's brave Elijah, right? The brave Elijah that was mocking these 450 prophets of Baal over here. All of a sudden now, He's thinking, man, this is not a good situation. Like, he, basically, he, he's, he, he's saying, he's praying. This is his prayer to God. God, just kill me. God, I, I just want to die like this. God, there is nothing for me here. Now, now some of you in here, you, you may never have prayed that prayer. Maybe some of you have, but... But the heart of the prayer, the heart of him saying, God, kill me, is basically, it basically boils down to this, God, I have no more answers. I don't know what to do. I have no more options. I give up. And I think if we're honest, a lot of us, we can, we can understand that point. We can understand that prayer. God, I, I don't know what to do. God, I, I have no more options. God, my hands are tied. God, I, 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 I just, I don't know what, God, I, I'm done. And this is the prayer of our brave friend Elijah. Watch what continues to happen in verse five. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones. Come on, somebody. Woo, that spoke to me more than anything. I was like, let's get some hot Mary's French bread with that whipped butter. Come on, bread makes you spread, but I don't care. <laughs> Focus, John. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones, stones, and a jar of water. So he ate, and he drank, and he lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain 
of God. I want to give you three nuggets about prayer, and then we'll be pretty much done. Three nuggets about prayer that I think that we could all learn from this this story. Uh, The first one is this. God responds to our needs, not always to our wants. God responds to our needs, not always to our wants. See, Elijah's prayer wasn't, God, give me some bread, though it should have been. Elijah didn't say, God, I need some bread. Elijah's prayer was, God, kill me. That was his want. God, would you just kill me? But God doesn't always give us what we want, but he gives us what we need. And so rather than taking Elijah's life, what God does is he ends up giving Elijah sustenance, food. So Elijah said, kill me. God said, no, you, you, you just hungry. Yeah, you hangry. And it's this idea that God is not always, if, if God, which I believe he, he does know, your beginning to the end. Like he knows where you're going to end up. And he knows what you need in order to accomplish what he's called you to do. Brief time out. No matter where you're at, whether you're here first time and you believe in God or you don't believe in God and, or you're here and you've been here for a while and you love Jesus, here's what I believe 100% that God has called you and created you for a purpose and for a reason. And so he can see from beginning to the end and he knows what you need in order to get to the end. And what I've realized is that what I want doesn't always get me to where I need to be. But God knows what I need to get me to where I need to be. Does that make sense? And so God is so faithful because he's, he, he, he's like, Elijah, I have so much more for you to do. That he, he said, I'm not going to take your life. I'm going to give you energy because there's something I have called you to do. Listen, this morning I want you to know there's something God has called you to do. There's something God has created, gifted you for that no one else can do the way that you do. I'm so glad that God did not give me everything I've asked for that I wanted. I'm so glad because in that moment, I wanted it bad. Looking back at it, I'm like, thank you, God, you just saved me. I didn't need that. (laughs) Come on, he doesn't always give us what we want but what we need. Here's the second thing, second nugget. God's delay doesn't always mean your denial. God's delay doesn't always mean your denial. See, Elijah, he was looking for God to speak to him. Elijah wanted answers. Elijah wanted answers. Elijah, his prayer, remember his prayer, God, take me, kill me. That's what he prayed. Here's what's interesting, though, is that God didn't respond to Elijah until 40 days after his prayer. God didn't respond to Elijah until Elijah got to the location where he was supposed to go. 
It was over 200 miles journey that Elijah had to go on. And then finally when he got there, that's when God spoke to him. Listen, you got to know that God's delay doesn't always mean your denial. Whatever you're praying for, just because it doesn't happen instantly, doesn't mean God is saying, hey, no. There's sometimes when life, we have to go on a journey to prepare us for what we're asking God for. Sometimes there's a journey that God wants to, us to go through to perfect us and to, 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 um, to sand us and to, and to shape us so that we can be ready for what we're asking him to do. Sometimes there's a journey. And we, can't learn, we have to learn not to despise the journey. We have to learn that there's stuff that, that, that we can go through this, that, that the waiting time is not a wasted time, put it that way. That the waiting time, the time that you're waiting for God to respond to you, it's not a wasted time. Come on, there's something that he wants to do in your heart. There's something that he wants to do in your thoughts. There's, there's something that he wants to do in your life to, to prepare you and to get you ready for, for what you're asking him to do. God's delay is not always your denial. Verse nine. There he came to a cave, he being Elijah, where he spent the night, but the Lord said to him, finally God's speaking to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? So 40 days had gone by, and finally, God responds. Thank you, God. Verse 10. Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Here's the third and final nugget. God is moved by persistent prayer. God is moved by persistent prayer. Uh, for those of you that have kids, you, you know that persistency is key. Even if you don't want to give in, the more that the kids ask, you're like, no. But daddy, I want this. No. But daddy, I want, no. Shut up here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't say shut up to my kids. Because <laughs> I am not a yeller, <laughs> right? Anyways, focus. Let's focus. <laughs> um, and, and so, uh, the persistency. There's something about persistency. Elijah, 40 days later, over 200 miles later, uh, Elijah, he's finally at his spot. He finally gets to the place where God's wanted him to be. And God has this audacity to say to Elijah, Elijah, what are you doing here? What do you want? See, there's one of two ways that you could have responded to this. First, first is this. Uh, well, you're a little too late now, God. I needed you about 40 days ago, about 200 miles ago. Um, God, you're just late. Forget it. Go. You're done. I'm done. Or you could have done what Elijah did. And he was like, you know what? Yeah, I did want something. And he once again, he gave his request to God. This morning, could I, can I tell you that 
when it comes to your prayer life with God, man, you gotta learn to be per persistent in your prayers. You gotta, I have to learn to be persistent in the things that we're praying for. See, because you may not see it now. But it doesn't mean you stop praying. Come on, you start believing and you continue to pray. I've been praying for years and years that my husband will get it right. Yo, keep being persistent. I'm still sick. Keep being persistent. I don't know if I can do it. I'm just so tired. Keep persistent. Be persistent in your prayers. Your prayers are not predicted on what you perceive. It's on what you believe. Come on. Be persistent. Your prayers, be persistent. So God finally responds, but God responds in a way that could be missed. Verse 11, go out, this is God, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. So Elijah, he's looking for answers. God, how do I deal with this situation? How do I deal? Basically, Elijah's like, how do I deal with this depression that I'm going through, with this, with this sickness that I'm going through? And God tells Elijah to go outside. But it's, it's as if Elijah has a tantrum. And it's like, it's as if he's saying like, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. Like he's stubborn. How many of y'all been stubborn? I've been stubborn so many times. And it's like he's stubborn that he, he don't want to go out there. And then all of a sudden, there is a, a wind that blows. <gasps> And this wind is so strong that it's like ripping the rocks off the mountaintop. Like that's a strong wind. But the Bible says that God wasn't in the wind. And then after that, there was an earthquake. And then uh, the Bible says that God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was this, this fire that came. And, and then the Bible says that, that, that God wasn't in the fire. And then after the fire, the Bible says that there was a small, faint whisper. And what's amazing is, is what that whisper did to Elijah in verse 13. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out to stood at the entrance of the cave. See, verse 13 is so critical to this entire 14 verses, 13 verses that we've read. And it's critical because the whisper of God called Elijah to respond to the will of God. 
the whisper of God called Elijah to respond to the will of God. See, it wasn't until Elijah heard the whisper of God that he then went out and responded to where God had called him to go outside of the cave. The whisper, learning to turn our ear to hear the whisper of God is so important. It's so important. Well, John, how, how, do, we, how do we tune our ear to hear the whisper of God? Here it is. You tune your ear to hear the whisper of God by learning how to respond to the will of God. You tune your ear to hearing God by not ignoring that little voice that he tells you in, in your heart to stop doing that or to do that. We tune our ear by, by, stop, by stopping uh, pretending like it's just the pizza that we ate last night to help that person that we see but by responding. And what I love is that as you respond once, all of a sudden your ear becomes tuned even more. And then he, he, God will speak to you in a small whisper again. And then you respond to that man. You, and then all of a sudden you're like, holy smokes. Like God's just speaking to me constantly. In a small whisper. And closing this morning, I remember the first time that... Uh, I, I heard the whisper of God that, that I was really receptive to. It. I was, uh, it was when I lived in Dallas. Uh, I worked at a steakhouse. Come on, college students. Like, get the right job when you're in school. <laughs> I was eating way better than I am now, <laughs> like in college. Ribeyes, God, stop it. I was in Dallas and, um, and I just got off. For those of you who have ever waited tables, like when you're off, you just want to go home, put your feet up, relax. Uh, and so I just, I just pulled a double. So I worked morning and night. I was ready to go home. I was going out to my car. And there was this, this homeless guy that, that was there. Um, and, uh, and I felt like God was saying something in my heart. I felt like God was like, Ask him if he's hungry. And I was like, yo, God, I'm kind of tired right now. <laughs> right? But something just, some, I felt like he was just whispering. So I went over and I was like, hey, how's it going, man? Um, it's kind of weird, but are you hungry? And he was like, yeah, I haven't eaten in days. I was like, okay, bye. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. <laughs> I was, I was like, can I, buy you, can I buy you something something to eat? And he's like, man, I would love that. And then, right, like you, you, you respond once. Come on, you, you're tuning your ear. And so then instantly I felt like God was saying to me, hey, have lunch with him. And I was like, I don't want to get fired, you know? Like, I don't even know, like, is this, I, I didn't know. And so I was like, hey, man, can I have lunch with you? <laughs> and he was like, 
he was really puzzled, which he should be, right? Because <laughs> I would be puzzled. And he was like, yeah, yeah, please. So, so we went into my, my steakhouse, the restaurant. We sat down and, and we just started talking over, I think he had like a burger or I don't know what he had. And we were just talking and eating and I was getting to know his story. He was getting to know my story. And uh, when, we were, when we were done um, with, uh, with, um, with, with eating, we, uh, we went our separate ways. Um, and so like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if like, if my kindness ever led him to Jesus. I don't know, I don't know if like, after that, he, uh, he was like, man, Christians are awesome. Like, I don't know what he thought, but I have to believe that if God knows our beginning to our end, that he would have known, God would have known that in that moment, that guy needed someone to come up to him and to plant something in his life. See, here's what I'm saying. The whisper of God, it's not just for you, but it's for hope for other people as well. Listen, if this is your first time here at Discovery, there's a theme that we believe that church, Christianity is not just for us, but it's for those who are not yet here. Like if we don't get that right, then we got nothing right. That our faith is not just for us. And so I, I have to believe, man, that that, that guy... He, he needed that. He needed someone to, to, to push value on his life. And so this morning, I'll tell you that because 99.9% of the time, I get it wrong. 99.9% of the time, I'm pretending like I don't hear God's whisper. And so if that's you, don't feel bad. Your pastor does it too. But the goal this morning is that we would leave here with our ear tuned to the whisper of God because he wants to use you in me and the lives of our community, in our homes, in our schools. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.